0: Love, talk, radio.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to Topic Tuesday, Young Girl Power Half Hour. I'm Annette Bingham and Tasha Humphreys is here with me. Hey Tasha.
0: Hi Annette, good to be here today.
1: And I just wanted to let you know that I just now got your text message. <laughs> no. Well, good. I'm glad it made it. That you said, At least is you know, working. That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Tasha sent me a text message quite a while before the show started, and I just now got it. So, (laughs) yay, (laughs) fun. Hey, and I wanted to remind everybody that uh, please share the Facebook page, Girl Power Half Hour 200, and we do a giveaway. Uh, We're going to run a contest then for some prizes. So, please share. We're almost there. No, we're close. Very, very close. So keep sharing, and when we get to 200, we will announce the contest. And I also went on and uh, posted an article oh. on how to start a meditation practice um, for beginners. Just oh, some real basic information. And if you have any questions about meditation, how to start a practice, the frustrations with it, because it can be frustrating, just let me know. You know, message us, post it on Facebook, whatever you need to do. Uh, you can even like my my page. But um, just let us know if you have any questions on that, because it's, I was reading today, our topic today is anxiety. And uh, on the article, it's got a really good uh, video on there. And they've been doing research and meditation. They're recommending highly, highly, highly for anxiety. Um, nice. It does all sorts of good stuff. So be sure to watch the video and read the article. It's just really quick and easy. But, okay, anxiety. Everybody raise your hand if you've ever had it. <laughs> <laughs> um Everybody has probably had some form of anxiety in their life, you know to a differing degree, you know, just mild to really severe and uh we really want to talk about that today. You know what is anxiety? what does it feel like you know um and what we can do to help so Tasha, I'm gonna let you get started. What is anxiety?
0: Okay, well, and there's a few things that separate anxiety from any other, um, well, you can't even really necessarily call it a disorder because there are so many different levels of it, and that's the point I'm trying to make. With depression, depression is depression is depression. We discussed that yesterday. With anxiety, it can be caused by so many different things that it can be called so many different things, and therefore it has multiple Mm. definitions. Obviously, anxiety itself is a feeling of nervousness. I mean, if we were just going to go with the term itself. But when we talk about anxiety and what we're discussing on this show is more along the lines of having anxiety attacks or feelings of anxiousness that cause possibly a nervous stomach. And those are low-level anxiety that the nervous stomach is low-level anxiety that people might experience, you know, people that complain of ulcers or complain of... Um, even though we now know that ulcers are caused by bacteria and not actually stress, but the stress causes your immune system to break down to the point that the bacteria is successful and then causes uh, an ulcer. Uh, but still, all of those things we relate to a lower level anxiety of people that are just anxious people, but then there are those of us that have suffered from anxiety attacks to a severe degree where one might even become agoraphobic. So what I wanted to do was Give everyone some symptoms. Um, I have struggled with anxiety most of my life, and uh, when I was quite younger, I didn't realize that's what it was. My grandmother had anxiety very – she was depressed, as we discussed on yesterday's show, discussing depression, and um, she had very severe anxiety attacks, and she would call them spells, which is interesting, but um, she would have her spells quite often, and I didn't really know what that was. I did know that her anxiety caused me to have anxiety because she was very fearful of many things, and she taught that fear to me and also, her reactions to situations were very anxiety based like irrational, so I learned how to react in the same in the same way um as such, I grew up being anxious, but I never had a, a panic attack until I was about 21 years old. And it was the worst experience I've ever had. I did think I was dying. I had a lot of the physical symptoms, but I also had a lot of mental, like psychological, psychological symptoms that most people don't discuss or do not experience. I'm going to give you some symptoms that I have read from the Mayo Clinic, which is the website I used yesterday. And then I have another website that I happen to prefer, because it really goes through a lot of the symptoms that most people will not give you in just a generalized list. The symptoms for the Mayo Clinic, these are the common symptoms with anxiety. Feeling apprehensive, feeling powerless, having a sense of impending danger, panic, or doom, having an increased heart rate, breathing rapidly, sweating, trembling, feeling weak or tired. With that list, I can tell you that a lot of people have associated panic attacks or anxiety attacks with having a heart attack they believe that they're dying because their chest begins to hurt they feel that uh they you know their heart rate increases increases and they feel themselves breathing rapidly that hyper hyperventilation is what actually causes them to feel as if they're dying uh they need to slow their breathing they start sweating and trembling all of those things are symptoms of a heart attack and so they believe that that's what's going on and as such it makes anxiety worse because then they believe that something very seriously physically, you know, is physically wrong with them. With my attacks, they were much more psychological. In fact, I never had the chest pain. Now I'm quite sure my breathing was rapid, and I'm quite sure my heart rate increased. Um, but I didn't have the sweating and the trembling. Um, I had more of the sense of the impending danger the panic and the doom and and it was almost as if the walls were closing in on me and I wanted to run out of my own skin that's the only way I could explain it in fact I've never done acid in my entire life but I would have I would equate it to a bad acid trip that's how it seemingly felt for me because I I had heard about bad acid trips before and I was like hey I know what that sounds like that sounds like my anxiety attack that's exactly what that feels like for me So, you know, something that was very obviously not really happening but very much in my head and yet it felt very real and I was terrified and often thought that I was going to lose my mind or hurt myself or hurt someone else. I mean, it was just very psychological. Well, initially I began to think that I just had these panic attacks and because I knew about generalized anxiety disorder, I felt that I probably just had that. Now, again, self-diagnosis is never a good idea. We've discussed this on our show before. and that tells me often to steer clear of the computer when it comes to self-diagnosis. I don't need to do WebMD things. Back then, we didn't have WebMD, but I had heard so much about generalized anxiety disorder. That's what I just assumed it was. When I did finally seek counseling, you know, we discussed my depression yesterday and the fact that I did finally seek counseling, I was actually told that my anxiety was a result of PTSD, My anxiety and my depression were results of post-traumatic stress disorder. That was resulting from the abuse in my childhood and all the way through my life. And so I had held all that in and dealt with all those traumas and all the abuse. So I started to suffer from the anxiety attacks. And that's why they were so psychological, uh, because there was a lot of psychological trauma attached to them. That's That's why I was having them. And there were triggers that I wasn't aware of in my environment that were causing me to somewhat relive the situations in which I was traumatized or abused. So as a result of, of that, then I was able to get the help that I really needed and, and have it addressed the, right, the proper way because it wasn't something – I didn't want to be on Xanax or anything like that, but it wasn't something that that alone would have fixed because I still would have been dealing with all the unresolved and unaddressed traumas and abuse. So I you wanted know, to Sasha, just read
1: I, also from. Go ahead. I I looking back at my life and, and my mother's life, mm-hmm. I see her as suffering from you know anxiety also, and it was more right. the emotional type than the physical type. And then
0: yeah,
1: I suffered from a little bit of both. You know, mm-hmm. I would get the physical, the sweating and the the just physically felt like I was going to die. Um, but also all that emotional stuff, wanting to run, just, you know, flight. (laughs) I was in total flight mode.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: you know, that is, I can see where it, it carries on from, you know, our situations from one person to another that we can be taught how to deal because my mom was very fearful. Mm -hmm. You know, um, she had a really rough childhood as my dad did too and and he was depressed totally depressed but um you know i i can see where my mom suffered from the anxiety along with the depression
0: so,
1: right you know that's, it, well, that it was a family
0: and you mentioned you know you, that it made you just want to flee that that you were in that complete flight mode and you're right because you know, that's what your body goes into fight or flight when it believes it's in danger. In other words, your body automatically, your brain is like, okay, we either need to fight or we need to run, one of the two. And when you're in an anxiety mode, your your brain is reacting to danger even though it's not really there. Now, some people have obviously panic attacks, anxiety attacks. When they are, there is some sort of, you know, danger. But we're talking about a situation where you're having anxiety or panic attacks, and there is no impending danger. There is nothing actually causing it. You're just all of a sudden in fight-or-flight mode. Um, right. There are many people who, when they get very angry and react very rageful, that's actually anxiety too. It's just that they're in, they're going to fight it instead of run from it. So rather than freaking out, they freak out in a violent way. They act out. Well, and
1: that's, so, yeah, that's that's true with dogs also, isn't that interesting? Right. Exactly. Because, uh, because I've I've trained dogs and I've worked with shelter animals, and mm-hmm. I am more afraid—not really afraid—but I'm more cautious around a dog who is fearful right. than I am one that's so-called aggressive.
0: Because exactly. Because
1: the fearful one. You never know how they're going to react, and exactly. they will lash out when, if they feel threatened. And um, exactly. normally, you know what I have found with the, those that are just aggressive—they're going to let you know. But because of you, right. you
0: just never know. <laughs> you just never know.
1: So and it's, it's very true. With it.
0: If you—that's you, right. If you apply that to people, you can see mm-hmm. where there are people that you've dealt with, or that you've come into contact with, or maybe even that are very close to you that you can see where the same thing applies. You know, the ones that are sure. just always aggressive, you know exactly what they're thinking. It may not be great, but at least you know where they stand or where you stand with them. But the ones right. that are, you know, maybe they have commitment issues, or there's some sort of fear that they're living in, that is unpredictable. You know, mm-hmm. they're, well, they love you and the next minute they're yelling at you and you don't even know what happened, you know, and that's about right. their their fear. It's the same stuff here, and it manifests in so many different ways, and it comes from so many different things. And you're, this, this list is you could actually apply to a lot of the animals, too, that you deal with, I'm sure, because we, we know that anxiety, anxiety, um, social anxiety. I mean, a, a lot of this stuff is something that you see with, with animals as well. And okay. so I'm going to run through this list really quickly of the different types of anxiety disorders. And this, again, is why it's important. If you are suffering from anxiety attacks or panic attacks, excuse me, And that and I both know that's miserable. It's absolutely miserable. I remember I used to say I would not wish this on my worst enemy because it's miserable. Um, I personally got to a point where I felt like I was becoming agoraphobic because I, I really didn't want to leave the safety and comfort of my own home because at least in my home I knew my safe place. Um, I've been there done that, yeah. Right? You know, you you know where you can be and, and get yourself kind of talked down off the ledge, so to speak. And out anywhere else, you don't have that, in your mind at least, you feel that you don't have that safety. And in fact, it wasn't until my counselor um, that I, you know, finally got with after so many years gave me a card and she said, I want you to read this card every single time you start to feel anxiety coming on. And all it said on one side was, I am my safe place. I am safe okay. with me. And I would just read it to myself constantly, you know, so that I would get to remember that I, I am safe here. This is my safe place. I'm safe with myself. So it's very important if you're experiencing this, not only because it's absolutely miserable and you don't need to live that way, but because counselors can give you tips like that. They can give you things that will help you, um, cognitive behavioral things that can help you address this. Not only that, but they can tell you exactly where it's rooted because it may not just be generalized anxiety disorder. You may not just need a cop of Xanax. You may not just be able to deal with this on your own with some form of pharmaceutical drug. You may actually have... You know, there may be something that this is rooted in that you can get to the root of it and completely end it for you, and not have to worry about dealing with anxiety for the rest of your life. Because otherwise, it may be something that you have to cope with daily. And, and um, Tasha, there
1: are you know there are people that don't want to go uh, the right. medication route, and I'm one of those people. Right. I will that's on my last resort. And and right. there are counselors out there who really do use a lot of the alternative tools?
0: Mine mine did. I did. Pensions. I was yeah. I was Right. I was anti pharmaceutical as well and my counselor uh had other options for me, uh including vitamins, good vitamins to take and, and nutrition right. and and giving me little cards like that, just working with with me on a cognitive behavioral way. In other words, dealing with my um the things that were going on in my mind and helping me learn how to talk myself down, giving the tools to help myself because I didn't want to use right. the drugs either. So, if you're someone so it's that is not afraid all of that, only just doesn't about talking it out, and it's,
1: it's, right. it's, it's
0: there's a lot more to
1: it, and a lot of the counselors That's do right. use the alternative tools now, which is great. They are such a great complement to the counseling. And I think, right, that, exactly. you know, it's high time that the counselor started
0: doing that because it's very important. I agree. I agree. And and so if you're someone that is, you know, there's a lot of people won't go to a counselor because they don't want to be diagnosed with something and then given a prescription. and Well, that's not actually a, a counselor's place. Uh, They actually can't give prescriptions. They would have to refer you to a psychiatrist. So seeing a but, counselor is not going to put you in that position. It's just going to help you... Um, Realize what it is that's going on. It's just like going to any other doctor. You may think you have a cold, but what if it's the flu? You may think you have this, but what if it's something worse? Well, that's why you go to a doctor to find out. So you go to a doctor to find out what's going on and then take the steps to go from there. Here are the different types of anxiety disorders, and this is why it's important to get it diagnosed. Panic attacks, that can be on its own, where you're just having panic attacks, and they're not necessarily any sort of disorder that's causing them. They can start suddenly and cause apprehension, fear, or terror. You may have feelings of impending doom, shortness of breath, heart palpitations, and chest pain. And you may feel as if you're choking, being smothered, or that you're going crazy. Those are just panic attacks, and some people just suffer from those occasionally. And it could just be because they're under a lot of stress. So it's not necessarily a disorder. It just may be circumstantial. And then there's agoraphobia. Um, That's about avoidance of places or situations where you might feel trapped or helpless if you start to feel panicky and eventually it gets to where you don't want to go anywhere because the only place you don't feel that way is in your own home. Specific phobias, which are characterized by major anxiety when you're exposed to a specific object or situation and desire to avoid it. For instance, some people have a fear of heights or a fear of elevators or a fear of flying. Um, Social phobias, characterized by major anxiety provoked by exposure to certain types of social or performance situations. So some people can't walk into a crowded environment without getting anxiety or even a party, like a get-together at a home because they're unable to handle uh, all of the people in the room. (laughs) Obsessive control disorder, which is also a form of anxiety and people don't realize that. Um, it includes persistent recurrent thoughts, images, or impulses, which are obsessions, or an irresistible desire to perform irrational or seemingly purposeless acts or rituals, which are compulsions. Often it involves both obsessive and compu- compulsive behavior. A lot of people don't realize that OCD is actually a form of anxiety. And when we discuss eating disorders, uh, that is actually one way in which people act out OCD. So, therefore, it's, eating disorders are very anxiety-based. And I'm sorry, Annette, I know you were going to say something. So,
1: Yeah, the, the one that, you know, where you have a difficult time going into a room, uh, you right, know, we so talked supposedly. about empathic, yeah, we, we talked about empathic people before. Right. And right. if you're empathic, you're really going to have issues with that. And Most you may even you may even have issues with some of the other anxiety disorders. So it's really important to kind of figure out, uh, you know, am I empathic? And and this is kind of leading to a lot of this, mm-hmm. along with what you you've dealt with in the past. Because I found that a lot of empathic people have been through a lot of stuff in the past, right. which makes them very sensitive to things that are going on. So, um, empathic abilities is is a good thing. But it can also be something that really,
0: you know, is
1: a curse at times. So, sure. you, know, you know, we need to discuss that sometimes, too, about empathy and and empathic people and how to deal with it.
0: Right. And I think it's important to note, you know, because, Annette, you and I have discussed this before, um, a lot of times people will think that their intuition is playing a part, but we've discussed that intuition isn't fear-based. It just is. Right. And anxiety is fear-based, and so there is a difference. Right. Um, the social phobia or the anxiety that you would get in a room full of people is that you're picking up on multiple energies and they're so mixed that it can be overwhelming. And so right. it isn't that if you if you are an impact that you're unable to go into these environments. What it is is that you have to learn how once you walk into that environment and start to feel that, you have to learn how to block or talk mm-hmm. to yourself in a way that lets you try to calm the overwhelm because that's all it is, is that it's just overwhelming because there's so many energies in the room and you're picking up on all of them at once. It's like hearing right. um, white white noise, you know, where a lot of people are speaking at the same time except that it's very loud. Well, it's the same kind of situation for you intuitively. Um, and we definitely would, I would love to do a show about that. So um, I know we've talked about empathy before, but I think it was with regard to a question on, on a Friday Q&A. So we right. can certainly discuss right. it on the show. Um, The rest of these, post-traumatic stress disorder, which I've already discussed that that was my actual issue, includes the feeling that you're re-experiencing an extremely traumatic event. It causes intense emotions and physical reactions along with the desire to avoid anything that might remind you of the event. This can be on a subconscious level. In other words, the triggers that I had, I didn't even realize they were triggers. When you're traumatized, many times you block what happened out of your mind, and you really honestly don't even remember a lot of what happened. You remember there was a traumatic event, but you don't remember it in detail because your your brain blocks that out for you. So when you have these little triggers come up in your environment that your mind is blocked out so you personally don't remember them as a trigger, but subconsciously your brain is picking up on, hey, this is something that happened to us when, you know, when we were traumatized. Then it reacts in the same way that it did, you know, you all of a sudden are in fight or flight mode and you're unaware of why because the trigger is something that's been blocked out of your mind. So that's another reason it's important to get with a counselor, especially if you're suffering from PTSD, and talk to them about the traumas that you experienced, whether it be sexual assault or a very bad car accident or abuse is what Annette and I have discussed. Anything that you've been Mm -hmm. through that's very traumatic, whether it be once, or repeatedly throughout your life. It doesn't matter because if it's a traumatic event, it will cause some degree of PTSD. And as such, you really do need to speak to someone about that and and talk to them about it so that they can help you deal with the symptoms and, more importantly, so that you can understand your triggers because if you haven't talked about it and you don't bring it to the surface, then it will remain blocked and you won't know what your triggers are and then you will suffer from that anxiety, and that is a very miserable place to be true um true.
1: and it's it's really amazing that um you know i I have this huge blocks of time that I don't remember growing up,
0: and now I right. know
1: why, you know, and right. my kids are the same way they have huge time periods that they just you know they don't remember these things. And they're right. beginning to, to understand that. And, um, you know, it, it's it's kind of a weird feeling. You know, you've mm-hmm. lost time. You know where to go. <laughs> you know? Exactly. So you need some help bringing that up.
0: And it's a scary feeling, too. I You know, I remember uh, sitting at dinner with a friend of mine from high school who was talking about an event, and I was driving the car, and he was telling me all these things that I did, and I didn't remember any of it because when i was in school this was all junk mail to me my brain was only holding on to what helped it survive if it didn't help me survive then it completely deleted it from the file so i didn't even remember any of this and i was actually one of the key players in this story and didn't remember a word and that caused anxiety for me because i was thinking i i don't remember anything you're talking about and it made me feel like i mean it was just a terrifying feeling like i it was crazy, you know, like I didn't even remember yeah, my you own feel life. Like, yeah, and you so, feel like
1: you're, you're losing your mind. You feel like, exactly. you know, what happens? You have moments of, I've, yeah,
0: exactly. You have those moments of lost time. It just, you can't help but feel something's really wrong, you know, but that's what your body does, your brain does to protect you um, from those experiences. But it's very important because it's protecting you at the moment. But you do need to talk to someone and help you go through it. I always think people say, "Well, if my brain's protecting me, it knows best." So maybe it's better that I just leave it un- unknown, or let a sleeping dog lie, so to speak. But if you're experiencing anxiety, panic attacks, depression, it's not it's not a sleeping dog that's just lying there. It's, it it actually is active and it's actually definitely hurting you. And so it is important to go work through it. And I can I'm a testament to that um, because. That is exactly what I had to do. It's very scary, but it certainly helped me, and I do not suffer the anxiety attacks I used to suffer, and I'm thankful for that every day. That doesn't mean that I don't ever have anxiety, but that does mean that I'm able to talk myself down. And, uh, you know, where I used to have anxiety attacks literally every single day, I haven't had one in maybe six months to a year, and that's a huge improvement. Um, well, and it's, to it's move like we Okay,
1: go ahead. No, we have
0: only got, like, three and a half minutes, so we need you on. Okay. Let me move on on with this list. I know. Acute stress disorder includes symptoms similar to those of PTSD that occur immediately after an extremely traumatic event. Generalized anxiety disorder includes at least six months of persistent and excessive anxiety and worry about small or large concerns. This type of anxiety disorder often begins at an early age. It frequently occurs along with other anxiety disorders or depression, now, that's why I had mine lumped into that is because, you know, t- typically people that are experiencing anxiety have, ex- have experienced it for quite some time because yeah. they've been dealing with it for a long time before they see anyone. But that's not necessarily what it is. Make sure that you talk to someone before you self-diagnose. Anxiety disorder due to a medical condition, which includes prominent symptoms of anxiety that is directly caused by a physical health problem, which is also why it's important to see a doctor because you want to rule out something else that might be physically going on with you that's causing the anxiety. Substance-induced anxiety disorder is characterized by prominent symptoms of anxiety that are a direct result of abusing drugs, taking medications, or being exposed to a toxic substance, substance. Many times people who are drinking heavily when they stop, they will experience anxiety just because of the way the chemicals work. Same with cocaine use, obviously methamphetamines, anything that's an upper is going to cause anxiety. Uh, marijuana is known to cause it simply because it's got the THC, which is actually known as a hallucinogen and a mild hallucinogen, but it can certainly cause anxiety. Separation anxiety disorder is a childhood disorder characterized by anxiety related to separation from parents or others who have parental roles. An anxiety disorder not otherwise specified is a term for prominent anxiety or phobias that don't meet the exact criteria. For any of the other anxiety disorders but are significant enough to be distressing and disruptive. Obviously, that's a very long list. Again, this is at mayoclinic.com. You can certainly go and check this out, but that's exactly why you need to see someone to make sure that they're dealing with this correctly, that you have the right tools to handle what you are actually going through because it's not necessarily generalized anxiety disorder and it's not necessarily just a panic attack. There may be more to it. I do want to say really quickly before we run out of time... Um, there is a website called anxietycenter.com. Uh, center, in this case, is felt C-E-N-T-R-E. Now, I'm not going to say much for the whole site. I haven't really read through the whole thing. But the symptoms that are listed on there, I happen to prefer, because people don't seem to realize that anxiety can cause multiple symptoms, including but not limited to, because we don't have time for me to read all these, but including Blushing, body aches, body jolts, body zaps, shakes, tremors, chest pain, chest tightness, chronic fatigue, um, craving sugar or sweet, difficulty speaking or moving, moving the mouth, numbness or tingling in your hands or feet, hair loss, hair thinning. And one of that, the reason typically that is is because stress can cause hair loss because stress eats away at your vitamin B and vitamin B is what you need to maintain hair growth. Flu-like symptoms. We've got
1: about 30 30 seconds left, Tasha. Let me just say this really quickly.
0: Yeah, just go over that particular list on that particular site. It's a great site, and it gives you more information than I ever possibly could.
1: And we'll get it posted on Facebook for you all. And just know that if you have any questions, please feel free to contact us, and we'll lead you in the right direction, hopefully, and if we don't have an answer, we'll certainly try to get it for you. So we'll see you tomorrow for Wellness Wednesday.